Podcasting coast to coast. Sports talk the way it was meant to be. This is Fazy's Take. Now, here's your host, Jake Fazy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fazy's Take podcast. Uh, happy Friday. Hope you guys are doing great. I know I sure am. I got a nice fresh cup of coffee next to me. I'm looking out at the sunshine on a beautiful day today, so I hope everyone else is doing great. We got a great episode for you today. We're going to do a new segment called Phasey's Fast Facts. Excited for that. We're going to talk about the NFL draft, and I'm going to give you my top five teams in terms of how they selected. We're going to talk a little bit about the Jordan documentary, episodes three and four just released, so those were very good as I expected. We're going to also talk about some college basketball signings that had taken place over the last week. Finally, we're going to finish out with UFC Fight Island. Very excited for that as well. Listener shout this week goes to my uncle Mark Graves. Mark has listened to the show every week, is a fan of the show. So I appreciate you listening, Mark, and I hope you continue to listen. Now, without further ado, let's get right into the show. All right, guys, like I said, going to try something new on the show today. Uh, I have a lot of things to talk about, but some don't necessarily need a large segment dedicated solely to them. So I introduce to you Phasey's Fast Facts. This is a segment at the beginning of the show where I just lay out the facts. I'll tell you all the things going on in sports that don't need a big elaboration. Get in, get the facts, get out. Sound like a plan? I'm sure excited for it. Now, for the first time ever, it's time for Phasey's Fast Facts. Also, guys, at this point, I would normally play a cool sound, but I am kind of late recording this, so I don't really have time to make one. But next week, I assure you that I will have a great intro for Phasey's Fast Facts. Let's get into it. A documentary about Alex Smith's journey to recovery called Project 11 premieres tonight. I've seen some sneak peeks for it. It looks phenomenal. So you can catch that on ESPN at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Philadelphia Eagles have acquired wide receiver Marquise Goodwin via a trade with the 49ers. Goodwin clocked a 4.27 40-yard dash in the combine and hopes to add some speed to that Eagles offense. Potential number one overall pick, LaMelo Ball, has officially declared for the 2020 NBA draft. LaMelo passed on college, spent some time playing in Lithuania, and is now ready to join his brother Lonzo in the pros. Chiefs cornerback Prashad Breland was arrested and jailed Tuesday afternoon in South Carolina. Breland's facing multiple charges, including resisting arrest, having alcohol in a motor vehicle with the seal broken, marijuana possession, and driving without a license. The terms for Joe Burrow's first contract have officially been set. It will be a four-year deal with a fifth-year option and will be worth a little over $36.1 million with a signing bonus just shy of $24 million. That is a lot of dough. As I predicted last week, the NCAA will start to allow players to profit off of their image. This is coming off the heels of multiple top basketball recruits opting to join the NBA G League instead of going to college. Hawks GM Travis Schnelk announced that the team will not open facilities to players in the coming week despite the NBA allowing it. He says he plans to see what happens next in the state over the next couple weeks and make a decision then. We will get a little more in-depth on that situation a little bit later in the show. The Bears have agreed to terms with 11 undrafted free agents since the draft. Hopefully none of them were tight ends because they sure don't need any more of those. Uh, one of these free agents is none other than Ladarius Mack, the younger brother of current Bear star Khalil Mack. Texans cornerback Jonathan Joseph says he plans to sign with the Titans. This could see Titans' current cornerback, Logan Ryan, looking elsewhere in 2020. Better keep an eye on that. The NBA has informed each team to assign one senior executive to the position of facility hygiene officer. The duties of this position are not currently known. Uh, the Chiefs' longtime punter Dustin Colquitt was released from the team on Tuesday. The move is set to free up $2 million in cap space. Who will punt for the Chiefs next year? 
We do not know at this time. Possibly Pat McAfee. I heard that the other day. If Pat McAfee punts for the Chiefs next year, I will have a jersey on my doorstep within the next week. Jameis Winston signed a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints with a base value of $1.1 million. Winston says the move will give him an opportunity to learn and grow as a player. He's going to be playing behind Drew Brees over there, so he will have the opportunity to learn a lot. Andy Dalton was dropped by the Bengals on Thursday. Dalton's exit opens up $17 million in cap space and a clear path for Joe Burrow to become the day one starter for the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bucks have exercised a fifth-year option on O.J. Howard, locking him up till the end of the 2021 season. This shatters rumors about him leaving due to the Gronk signing. Also, Chiefs exercise a fifth-year option on Patrick Mahomes, keeping him until 2020 as well. C.D. Lamb has announced he will wear number 88 in Dallas, following in the, in the footsteps of Dallas greats like Des Bryant and Michael Irvin. Lamb wanted to wear number 10, but Jerry Jones insisted on the number 88. The NFL officially announced on Tuesday that the 2021 NFL Draft will be held from April 29th to May 1st in Cleveland, Ohio. Hopefully that actually happens. Who knows? This virus may actually extend all the way until the next draft. That would be no good. Uh, and finally, Von Miller announced last night on Twitter that he is officially COVID-free. So good news coming out of Denver. But those are Fazy's Fast Facts. As we all know, the NFL draft wrapped up this past week. Uh, so this is the time whenever analysts are grading teams based on how they selected. Now, when I grade a team on how they drafted, I look at two things. The first one is, did they draft the positions they need? This is the reason why the Chicago Bears are not on this list, because going into the draft, they had nine tight ends on their roster. So what did they do? Well, they drafted a 10th one, of course. Uh, that is why the Bears will not be on this list. Uh, and the second thing I look at is, did they draft the best player for their team at that position. The best player available might not necessarily be the best fit for the team picking. So with that in mind, here are my top five overall drafts and some highlight picks from each of them. First up, we have the Denver Broncos. Now keep in mind, these are in no particular order. Uh, these are just the top five overall, not necessarily saying that the Denver Broncos were the number one. But Denver Broncos, uh, three highlight picks from their draft were um, Jerry Judy, wide receiver, picked at number 15. Uh, Michael Ojemudier, who is a cornerback, picked at number 77. And tight end Albert O, because I'm not going to say his last name. For those of you that are in Missouri listening to this, which is almost all of you, you know who that is. He is the former tight end for the Mizzou Tigers. Overall, the Broncos got a lot of speed in this draft because I think it's fair to say that the AFC West will be the fastest division in the NFL next year. They have the Chiefs with arguably the fastest team in the league already. The Raiders added two speed demons in wide receiver Henry Ruggs and Swiss Army Knife Lynn Bowden. And the Chargers also have two deep threats in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. The Broncos had to add some speed so that they could keep up, and I think that they succeeded in doing that. The next team on this list is the Indianapolis Colts. Three highlight picks from their draft. They took wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. at number 34, running back Jonathan Taylor at number 41, and quarterback Jacob Eason at number 122. Overall, they gained a new weapon at each of the three big offensive positions, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, but what do they do at the quarterback position now? Obviously, they picked up Phillip Rivers in free agency. They also have Jacoby Brissett. Now they have a young Jacob Eason, fresh out of college. My take on this, I think they trade Brissett. 
They allow Philip Rivers to mentor Eason for a couple years while Philip Rivers is wrapping up his career. Eason can learn from one of the greats in Philip Rivers, and they can then begin to build the franchise around Jacob Eason. I think that Jacoby Brissett, I'm not saying that he's bad. I'm just saying that I think that the Colts need to take advantage of having a young quarterback uh, and, and also having an older, more experienced quarterback. So Philip Rivers can teach the young buck in Jacob Eason and then make him the new starter for the Indianapolis Colts. The next team on this list was drafted from a $250 million yacht. It is the Dallas Cowboys, they took wide receiver CeeDee Lamb at pick number 17, cornerback Trevon Diggs at pick number 51, and a center named Tyler from Wisconsin, whose last name I do not know how to pronounce, at pick number 146. Overall, the Cowboys did exactly what I look for in a good draft. They got what they needed, and they got talent at those positions. First of all, with CeeDee Lamb, obviously he was the most talented player on the board at that time, so why not pick him up? Their center, Travis Frederick, retired last week, so they grabbed old Tyler B. from Wisconsin, uh, and they lost Byron Jones in free agency, so they pick up Trevon Diggs, uh, who's a guy that can guard number one receivers, kind of like his brother, Stephon Diggs, over there in Buffalo. The next team on this list is very well known for their offense, but after their first selection, they should be very well known for their defense next year as well. That is the Baltimore Ravens. Their first pick, they took Patrick Queen at pick number 28. They also selected running back J.K. Dobbins at number 55, and they grabbed one of the fastest receivers in the draft, wide receiver Devin DuVernay at number 92. Overall, they brought in some talent on both sides of the ball. Devin DuVernay will make a nice compliment over uh, with Hollywood Brown, giving Lamar some speedy targets. Patrick Queen, a national champion last year, has the capability to bring some fire to an overlooked defense now with veteran Calais Campbell. And lastly, J.K. Dobbins will get to learn a little bit from Mark Ingram and hopefully develop a role in that explosive Baltimore offense. Last on the list, we have the worst team in the NFL last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they selected, obviously, quarterback Joe Burrow at number one. They also took wide receiver T. Higgins at number 33 and a highly underhyped defensive lineman, Khalid Kareem, at number 147. Overall, they grabbed some big pieces to try to fix that messed up puzzle over there in Cincinnati that I don't know what is going on over there. Obviously, with them releasing Andy Dalton yesterday, uh, Burrow's a great move uh, to turn around, make that offense, take a full 180, and try to get something going. T. Higgins is also going to be able to learn from one of the best receivers in the game in A.J. Green and hopefully blossom into a number one by the time Green is done with the team, either to leave and go somewhere else or to retire. Khalid Kareem is also a great compliment to Geno Adkins and Carlos Dunlap over there on the D-line that hopes to stop guys like James Conner, Lamar Jackson, and Mark Ingram, and also Nick Chubb in a very talented AFC North division. Those are my top five teams, but ladies and gentlemen, we are not done talking about the draft because I have a hot, hot prediction for the 2021 NFL season. I spit this to Jackson the other night while we were on PlayStation, and he was a bit uh, stunned by me thinking this way, but I sincerely believe that Jalen Hurts will be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles by the time the season is over. I don't know what's going to happen to Wentz. I don't know if he's going to get benched, if he's going to get shipped off somewhere else. I don't even really know why I think Jalen Hurts is going to start, but I got that gut feeling that he is going to come up big for the Eagles and turn around uh, Wentz's injury-prone failures that tend to happen late in the season. Uh, and I'm putting it out there, so take that, Internet. Jalen Hurts going to be the starter in Philadelphia by the end of next season. 
Now time for some basketball, and it actually might be time for some basketball pretty soon because the NBA announced earlier in the week that they plan to begin reopening practice facilities starting May 1st, but later changed the date to May 8th. This will only apply to cities and states where local governments have eased stay-at-home orders. Is this too soon? Some programs think yes, some programs think no. Uh, A senior NBA insider from ESPN, uh, old Wadge over there, I don't know, how to say his last name actually, but Adrian Wodge is a big insider over there at ESPN and he tweeted that despite pushback among many franchises, there are still other teams embracing the idea of reopening facilities, believing that a clean, safe, monitored team environment is needed to grow players from potentially searching out less safe gymnasium environments to stay in shape. At first, I thought that this was a little bit premature. I thought that it was a little bit too early to start opening up. But after reading that tweet, I can now see why it might make sense. I didn't even think about the fact that players would then be able to train in their own gyms instead of going somewhere else and possibly a non-clean environment because players will do whatever necessary to train and keep themselves up to the best that they can. So doing that in a controlled environment is probably the best idea for the NBA. Episodes 3 and 4 of the Last Dance series were released on Sunday. These episodes introduced Dennis Rodman and also the Bulls feud with the bad boy Detroit Pistons. I was able to watch them, and I think that these two episodes taught me two things. Number one, Dennis Rodman is awesome. The dude was a defensive and rebounding machine, and that is what the fans crave. You know, someone who just leaves it out on the floor every game, diving into the stands, making crazy uh, letting his emotions just flow out on the floor. That is what the fans want. And I also learned that the NBA of today is far different from the NBA of the late eighties, early nineties. There've been new rules created to prevent behavior shown by those bad boy Detroit Pistons. They were punching, tackling, you name it. They tried it. They also had a series of rules called the Jordan rules that they used to stop MJ. And let me tell you, they were not too nice. It involved a lot of Jordan being thrown on the ground uh, by some big white dude whose name I cannot remember. Overall, another great set of episodes, and I cannot wait for episodes five and six coming next Sunday. College basketball signing season is in full swing. Every day, it seems like more recruits are deciding what their future holds. Some of the big ones include Greg Brown is heading over to Texas, Jalen Suggs to Gonzaga, Josh Christopher to Arizona State, Terrence Clark heading over to Kentucky, Cade Cunningham over to Oklahoma State. Now, with all of these signings, I have... My official sleeper school for 2021. Uh, I believe that the school that is going to turn their program around and be a big surprise next season is Stanford. Over there, those boys got some big brains, and they're also going to have some big recruits coming in to that freshman class. Stanford is getting two solid freshmen next year. One of them is number seven overall recruit, Zaire Williams, and the other one is a highly underrated California point guard, Isael Silva. I watched this dude play. He has a very classic style of play. He's a true point guard, but he can finish at the hoop and he makes some pretty fancy passes. I think Stanford is going to be a big force over there in the Pac-12 next year and possibly knock off big names like UCLA, who just had one of their top recruits decommit and head to the G League, Arizona, or Arizona State, who just got Josh Christopher. So look out for Stanford in 2021. Now, the last thing on our list of things to talk about today is the UFC. I don't talk about the UFC much, but Dana White announced the UFC's Fight Island would be fully operational by June, including a beachside octagon. Now, when I first heard about this idea, 
I thought it was pretty crazy. Uh, I thought Fight Island sounded more like a Wa- Mark Wahlberg movie title, not an actual place. But I am very excited. Dana White uh, told reporters from May 9th to May 23rd we'll knock out four shows. And then in June, we can start international stuff on the island. There's going to be training facilities there for people. There are hotels. And a whole island is going to be built. All the infrastructure is going to be built for the UFC to come do fights there. I'm not in a big hurry to get fans back in the arena. I know we can do things safely with no fans. I think this is hilarious. The fact that they actually got an island and it's called Fight Island. Like I said, sounds more like a Mark Wahlberg movie title than a sports uh, arena. But you know what? I'm pretty pumped to see if this works out. And maybe I will fork up some dough uh, to watch a pay-per-view fight on Fight Island on that beachside octagon. You thought we were done? So did I until about five minutes ago when I came up with a dingus of the week that I totally forgot to write about. But you know what? We're going to throw it out there anyways. Dingus of the week is a segment where we ask, Are you stupid? And this week's Dingus of the Week award goes to the Green Bay Packers. Those of you that watched the draft probably knew this was coming. Uh, The Green Bay Packers obviously have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in Aaron Rodgers. So what did they do in the draft? They selected Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers has said multiple times that he is not done. He intends to finish his career in Green Bay, and he intends to play out the rest of his contract, which still has four years on it. But they decided to select Jordan Love anyways. Now, uh, Brett Favre had a conversation with Aaron Rodgers because the similar thing happened to Brett Favre with Aaron Rodgers when they selected Aaron Rodgers in the draft. Brett Favre thought he had plenty more time in Green Bay yet he was shipped out because of the new young Aaron Rodgers. So the same thing might be happening. Brett Favre predicted that Aaron would not finish his career in Green Bay. And let me tell you, just like Brady, seeing Aaron Rodgers in a different uniform would be quite interesting. But the Green Bay Packers, congratulations. You are this week's Dingus of the Week. That's all I got for you guys today. I hope you really enjoyed the show. I know I enjoyed making it as I enjoy making them every single week. Make sure you follow me on my Instagram at Phases Take Podcast, like me on Facebook at Phases Take Podcast, and brand new, follow me on Twitter at Phases Take because they don't allow me to put the whole thing because it's too many characters because Twitter kind of sucks in that regard. But I am going to be on Twitter every single day, multiple times a day, liking and retweeting all the news that comes in because usually sports news hits Twitter before it hits the actual big sites like ESPN. Uh, and CBS Sports. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Phases Take. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Phases Take Podcast. <laughs>